Welcome to episode 63 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. On today's episode, I'm joined by Michelle, who is a brand new member of the 5-0 Club. She just turned 50. She has been struggling with weight loss as she ages, and she's wondering, can I still lose weight at age 50? Is menopause stopping me? What's the deal? Let's talk about it. Hello, hello. So, Michelle, hello. where are you calling from? I live in um, Southern California, Ventura County. Okay. Got it. And born and raised there? Yes, born and raised Californian. Daughter uh, of two native Californians, which is a little bit rare. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, before we jump into your question, tell us a little bit about you. I am a brand new 50-year-old. Uh, I turned 50 a week ago. Oh my gosh, happy birthday. Thank you. How did you celebrate? Well, um, <laughs> not the way I had hoped or expected under the current uh, circumstances. So even though things are starting to open up a bit in California, we're sticking very close to home. So um the nicest thing actually was I'm a second grade teacher mm -hmm. and um, the room from my class gathered together cards and presents and brought me flowers and treats and all of these goodies like delivered them to my house on my birthday. So oh, that's so nice. Very special to be remembered and celebrated that way, even apart from my class. And then, you know, my family, um, I'm married and I have twin 12-year-old daughters and so we've just been doing simple celebrations at home, a couple special meals and presents and things like that. Nice. Well, how do you feel about being 50? I feel mostly really, really good. Um, we can talk more, I guess, about my health journey, but I've worked really hard over the last two years to control of my health and my weight. Um, so I'm really optimistic going into this new decade in a really healthy place. But the reason for this call is because I'm also a little bit frustrated uh, with you know what I've been experiencing um, in just the past three months. Yes, got uh, it. Being this age and really starting to struggle with more symptoms of menopause and um, struggling with some unexpected weight gain. Okay, got it. So why don't you tell us about your health journey first, kind of catch us up to where we've been before the last, you know, where you've been until the last few months, and then we can kind of talk about what's been going on there. So I've been working pretty consistently with a trainer mm -hmm. for three years. Uh, the first year that I worked with her, I definitely made progress in terms of just like physical abilities and fitness, but I wasn't seeing any weight loss. And I had resisted calorie counting for a very, very long time. Um, I have a background as you do in Weight Watchers. Um, that was my first successful weight loss experience before I got married 27 years ago. And after that, I just really resisted any kind of system that required me to count anything. And I, I thought I can just eat healthy and I, 
I know what I'm eating and I'm making good choices. But she kept nudging me that that was really what was going to make the difference mm -hmm. is counting those calories, making sure I was in a calorie deficit, tracking my food, being very accountable. And so when I finally stopped resisting that guidance um, and began tracking my calories, uh, that's when I was finally successful with weight loss. So in the last five months of 2018, I lost 30 pounds. Okay, great. And then um, over the course of the first nine months of 2019, I shaved off about eight more pounds. So I started last school year at the lowest weight I've been basically since having my daughters 12 years ago. Okay. And I, I've not been in a, well, in my head, I, I really had a number I was hoping to reach by the time I turned 50. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've continued to count my calories, make really healthy choices. I've continued training with her and exercising on my own at home. Um, but as I look back at the last nine months, mm -hmm. I, I've actually gained 10 pounds since the beginning of my school year in 2019. Um, and most of that weight gain has been in just the last three months. So the first, you know, nine months of, uh, well, we're at the nine month point. The first six months of my school year, I, I fluctuated within just a five pound range and was really successful at, at staying within that range. Um, but I definitely feel like the past three months, um, despite my efforts, the scale is creeping up and it feels like it's out of my control. Got it. Got it. So you lost a substantial amount of weight. It sounds like you gained a lot of knowledge as well, both about physical training and about nutrition and portion control and calories and all of that. So that's fantastic. Um, what was the lowest weight you got to last September and how tall are you? I'm five foot six mm -hmm. and I got down to 157. Okay. And really had in my head wanted to be 150 by 50. Got it. Got it. You liked the sound of that? <laughs> I did. I did. And I gotcha. Gotcha. So you mentioned that the past three months has specifically been a struggle. Um, this coincides with you being in quarantine. Yes. So talk to me about how your life was different before versus during um, the last three months. Right. So I definitely have reflected on this a lot. And I think the, there are three factors that I could identify that really changed for me. Okay. Um, so the first one is really overall activity level. Mm -hmm. Primary teacher, I'm almost never in a chair. Um, teaching second grade is a very physical job. Mm -hmm. And so in the classroom, I spend most of my time on my feet, moving around. I teach on a large campus. So even just walking to the office or taking my class to PE, um, there's a lot of movement throughout the day. And so I could easily track, you know, eight to 10,000 steps just in a normal work day. Mm -hmm. um, and in addition to anything I might add in a daily walk. And that definitely dropped significantly being at home. Yeah. Were you, did you continue teaching online from home? I did. Got I it. did. And what did that so look like for you? Were you just sitting at a desk? 
sitting a lot, sitting just like this in front of the computer, um, sitting, planning lessons. So yes, uh, very much a change from overall an active job lifestyle to a rather sedentary lifestyle. Got it. So that's the first change. Um, the second thing is that my menopause symptoms really did seem to ramp up in March. Um, it was really the beginning of me sensing hot flashes. Um, my sleep has been wrecked for the last three months. I haven't slept through the night in easily three months. Um, and then my stress level just has been through the roof. And most of that is from my job and having to completely rehaul and mm -hmm. learn an entirely new way to deliver instruction mm -hmm. with very little preparation. We basically had one week to shift everything to a digital format and learn all of the platforms and programs and digital uh, content that we needed in order to launch that at the end of March. That's so, an incredible change, like a long-term career teaching one way and feeling very yes. confident just going into work, doing your job and knowing what you're doing to, okay, you have one week to totally learn a completely different way to do all of that while under a lot of stress, like uh, in general, we were all under a lot of stress with, you know, the unknown and yeah. the little people you're teaching are under a lot of stress, right? Because they're now trying to learn how to do, you know, this new way of learning. So that's, a, that's a lot to handle. Right. And then, you know, I have my own daughters at home who are adjusting to a new way of doing right. and I have my husband working at home. And so there's just all it's kinds all of factors, you know, <laughs> that, that converged all at the same time. And so I don't know exactly how to tease out what is, you know, the primary factor if it's just a combination of everything together that has, you know, resulted in this gradual creep of weight. And so, okay, so we talked about your activity levels way down, your menopause symptoms really ramped up specifically with the hot flashes and lack of sleep. Um, what was the third factor? You said there was a third factor that you had stress. The stress was third. Gotcha. The gotcha. Stress. Gotcha. Okay. That's definitely a lot to, to talk about. Talk to me. Um, let's talk about two more things. Um, what was your training like during quarantine versus before? And then let's talk nutrition. What stayed the same? What was different? All of that stuff. Okay. So the main change during quarantine is that I no longer trained in person with my mm -hmm. training once a week, but she launched an online fitness program, eight-week fitness program that I was involved in. Um, so the overall activity level in terms of like steps and movement around decreased, but my training um, maintained during that whole time with a program of at least three workouts, um, 30 to 40-minute workouts that incorporate uh strength training basically hit type style workouts gotcha um, did you have do you have um equipment at home like did you have dumbbells and those kinds of things to work with i do i have i have a set of dumbbells in four different weights um that i'm able to use that's my primary equipment um 
And so I was just watching her videos and doing her workouts with my weights here at home. And then we were walking quite a bit as a family, mm -hmm. pretty much daily. So that's what my activity looked like. I've continued nutritionally uh, to count my calories, to you know stay on a, a particular calorie budget, and um, you know I always have like a weight loss goal that I'm working toward, mm -hmm. and I I basically eat I guess what would be considered a paleo style diet, so lots of fresh fruits and vegetables, uh, high quality protein, fat. Uh, I'm gluten-free and dairy-free, so I, I don't eat any of those kinds of products. Um, so I definitely have a very healthy dialed-in diet. I and would, the gluten and dairy, is, do you have a gluten and dairy allergy? I'm gluten intolerant and, you know, dairy, dairy gives me problems. So um, I've just learned over time that it's better for me to avoid those things. You just feel better without them in your diet. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Got it. I um, will confess though that even with my calorie counting, um, you know, I've not been perfect. I've been very far from perfect. And, you know, there's been a lot of uncounted calories, you know, that that. In. oh, you know, slipping into having like a bowl of cereal after dinner while I'm sitting on the couch watching TV or, you know, having a, a serving of ice cream during the week when I would never do that, um, partaking in the banana bread baking trend while being- <laughs> yeah. Who did it, right? <laughs> Who did it? Exactly. So, you know, there is, um, there are some nutritional factors that I probably haven't been entirely honest about. Got it. Got and then it. celebrating my birthday, you know, the last week was just the worst because. Hey, you're 50. I think a whole week of celebrating sounds awesome. I'm turning 50 in the, in the fall. I was supposed to be on a cruise in Alaska and that has been canceled. So I'm, I'm whipping up some kind of big celebration and it might include a week of eating cake. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> but it's well, just yeah, mine basically did. You know, I, I've yeah. had half a dozen cupcakes in the last week and mm -hmm. uh, the scale definitely showed it yesterday. Uh, I hit the highest point that I've hit in the last. So, you know, that was definitely sobering and a wake up call. Um, you know, and I, I'm at that point that I think, you know, everyone is. And I've heard you talk about this in the last three months. You know, am I going to lose all my progress? And, you know, I'm going to keep inching up, um, you know, to back toward where I was. Am I going to be able to get this in control? Am I going to be able to shave these pounds back off again? Um, it's all of those fears and questions and uncertainties. Yeah. Michelle, how long have you been following me? Probably about six months. Okay. Um, I stumbled on an article about like the top 50 trainers to follow at oh, some yeah, yeah, yeah year and um, I was attracted to you because you're the same age as me and you know I I'm not really interested in following a 2030 something who's at a different stage of life so everything I've seen you put out is so consistent with what I've learned from my trainer 
and my whole, you know, fitness wellness journey. And so, um, it's been about six months. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I knew you'd been around for a while because you comment and like, and then we chat and stuff. So got it. Um, okay. So based on the things you've seen me post, what do you think I'm going to say is the answer to the struggle you're currently having with gaining weight the past three months? So I think, um, the first thing that you're going to say is be honest about my tracking and track everything. Mm-hmm. And every little, uh, you have an acronym for them. I don't remember, but like every nibble, taste, bite. LBTs, licks, bites, and tastes. Exactly. So um, I think the first thing you'll say is actually track everything you put in your mouth mm-hmm. and be honest about it and be consistent and, um, you know, don't lie to yourself or, you know, uh, don't miss those extra calories that could be adding up and resulting in, you know, not losing weight or gaining weight that you've kind of been lying about. So I think that's the first thing you're going to say. Is you're that right. Yeah, that was good. You nailed it, Michelle. You nailed it. Um, and then I would suspect the second thing you would say is to really focus on getting up. Like get that overall activity up again, get my, my steps in, you know, just get up and moving because those 30 minute, you know, three to four time a week workouts, um, while important for muscle building and strength maintenance, um, don't actually make much of a dent in my overall activity level. Bang on, Michelle. That was great. A good student, aren't I? That was fantastic. You need to come write a guest post on my feed. <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly it. And he, and I get the the um, I get the questioning of yourself because you know when menopause symptoms do ramp up, and we've read so much about you know oh gosh you know gaining weight in as you age, right? We kind of start having this little thought in our mind like, wait, can I not do that? Oh my gosh, have I messed it all up now? Because now I'm fifty. And I have more weight to lose than I had wanted to lose. And so maybe that's the problem here. And I know I'm super stressed and all of these, these additional factors that they can have an impact where they have the impact is either in calories in or calories out though. They have this indirect impact. And so you still have control over that. And you just named the ways that you'll have control over that. So when a person is lacking sleep, you know, um, we do have more cravings. We do, um, Uh, have our hunger ramped up. And so these things impact how many calories we eat, right? So that's the calories in part. When And we also, when we're lacking sleep, the calories out part often suffers as well because we're just not moving around as much, right? You're just like sick because you're tired. You didn't sleep. Like I was there myself. I see you shaking your head. You're like, yeah, right? And then we have on top of that, this additional factor of your activity level went from I'm all over this big campus. I've got little second graders and I'm kneeling down and standing up and walking all around my classroom to I am tied to my desk talking to these second graders and I'm planning my lessons and you're overtired because you're not sleeping now, right? And so your activity level is down and then, you know, here comes banana bread and all of the other things, right? And you weren't alone. And this is the struggle everyone's having. They're like, wow, how did this happen so fast? But so many factors, well, not so many, those two big factors changed so drastically in such a quick period of time, right? Before, like you weren't sitting around baking multiple times a week, right? Like who had time? That just wasn't a part of your your life structure. And 
I, I know you're like, you're absolutely right. <laughs> no one can see you shaking your head, but it's true, right? And so those factors have, have been what has led to this. Does that make you feel annoyed, happy, frustrated? How does it make you feel to know like, okay, it really is about my activity and my calories? I am frustrated with myself. You know, it's hard to make such good positive progress and then see yourself backslide. Mm -hmm. um, but I also feel like I know what to do. I've done it before. I can do it again. And it's not too late. You know, that was the biggest lesson that I learned two years ago when, you know, I finally got everything dialed in. It's not too late. And, Absolutely right. and I know I can do it again. Um, but there is still, I guess, that like nagging fear in the back of my head that um, maybe things are happening that are out of my control. So I am also in the process. Uh, unfortunately, my doctor retired this year before giving me a recommendation of where to go. So I'm in the process of locating a doctor and you know, I definitely believe I need to check in with someone and um, pursue some possible treatments for the whole menopause component. And yeah. hearing, hearing your story has been very encouraging and motivational to me about taking that step. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, like you said, the truth is I, I can see what's happened. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it took three months of it adding up over time to kind of bring it to my awareness in a really clear way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited that you're going to find yourself a good doctor to work with for your menopause symptoms. I think it is critical. I, um, I would suggest you check in to see if they are NAMS affiliated, North American mm -hmm. Menopause Society affiliated. Um, and then my friend, Dr. Heather Hirsch, who I've had on my podcast before, um, she's um, Hormone Health Doc over on Instagram. She has a great um, ebook out about how to talk to your uh, menopause specialist. Like when you go to the doctor, it's something, it's a book you take and then you can like write all about what you're experiencing and be prepared to go to your doctor. And there's even a letter from her in the back of the book talking to your doctor. I had a terrible experience with my doctor. Um, and there's this letter from Heather, who's like a super menopause specialist, basically saying like, here's appropriate treatment. Here are things to consider to your doctor. Check that out because wow. Oh, I did. I actually downloaded it last night. Oh, you did? You have it? Yes, oh, I have God. it. Yes. Did you see that letter in the back? When I saw that, I was like, wow, I needed that. Oh, I didn't notice that. I noticed all of the places to track your, in, your own information and symptoms and things Amazing. like that. Yeah, it's such a, it's so helpful. Good. I'm glad you'll go in really prepared. It's important to get your kind of, gosh, that no sleeping stuff can really feel like it has altered your life in such, yeah, I know, in such a drastic way. So I'm really glad for you that you're going to, you're going to get some help and get that under control. Now there's a great possibility when you talk to this person that they won't know much about weight loss in menopause. It's, it's pretty typical doctors across the board and menopause doctors are no different. Um, those who specialize in it, they don't know that much about weight loss. So I want you to know when you go in there, 
that you will still, no matter what they say, no matter what treatments you do, HRT does not cause weight gain, those kinds of things, knowing that this chunk of it, like how to lose weight, get really fit in menopause, isn't going to change no matter what the doctor says. So like getting a handle on the, the health side of it is going to do, it's only going to help you with this piece of it. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I think you take your advice that you gave yourself here about getting your activity level up. And we can talk in a second about specifically how you're going to do that. Um, and then getting a handle on what you are currently eating. Do you feel like right now, um, there's any one particular habit or two particular habits with your eating that you're struggling with more than others that might be detrimental to keeping your calories in check? Well, I will say that in following you, uh, I've really learned so much about the importance of protein and I still struggle to get my protein high enough. Okay. Uh, you know, there are a few days when I, I hit about 100 grams per day, but it's really hard for me. Um, okay. I'm not sure why. Like, I, I usually land around 75 to 80 grams of protein. So I'm thinking that just maybe that lack of satiation could be one factor in, you know, why maybe I am more prone to nibble or um, feel like, you know, I want something late at night. I, I think really the nighttime is the, if I was to identify the one place I'm struggling the most, you know, it's definitely in the evening after dinner. There's just almost that conditioning of like, I want something sweet. Um, mm -hmm. And my daughters are having, you know, sweets and my husband's having sweets. And most of the time, the fact that they're having um, gluten-full treats just naturally takes that off the table for me because it's, it's not even a possibility. I cannot eat their cookies, their cupcakes, you know, those things that they have in the house. Um, but that temptation, you know, to have a bowl of cereal that I can eat that's kind of sweet and comforting um, is definitely something I have felt a struggle with in the evening. Okay. Got it. Okay. Those are two big ones we can tackle here. And um, let's talk about nighttime eating and then we can talk about how you can increase your protein. So what have you tried so far to curb your nighttime eating? Water. Water. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. That's definitely, that can help. Um, something in addition to that, that can help is actually figuring out, um, a plan for what you're going to do with yourself instead of eat, right? Um, eating is totally fine. So two options for nighttime eating that I found really work well with my clients. One, um, they plan ahead of time and they know what the nighttime snack will be and they have already pre-logged it into their calories and it's going to fit, right? And so they know that and they can have it. Saying that, it needs to be something that you can um, control the portion of. So if, it, if you're going to be like, you know what, I do want a nightly bowl of cereal. Okay, make it fit in your calories. You'll have to measure out and pour your bowl of cereal, put the box away, put the milk away. Because look, I'm a, I'm a cereal girl. And so like, I know how fast it can go from I'm having one or two servings of cereal to I just had three bowls, which is like eight servings, guys. Like cereal is ridiculous. Right. And that is a huge amount of calories, right? And so selecting the item with an eye towards how will I control my portion size? Sometimes it helps to have like a single portion thing, but you could go cereal. It's just literally, I pour my portion, 
I put it away and I don't have more. If it kind of feels like that's too hard of a choice to like monitor the portion size of cereal, pick something that you can, you know, like get single serve. Um, I know you said you do ice cream, must be non-dairy ice cream, get a single serve non-dairy ice cream, get whatever the kind of treat it is you could have and have it be, this is what I'm having. And that is my food. Option two, which works equally as well for other people, it's just kind of which people prefer, is they give themselves a bright line that after dinner, I do not eat. I do not eat at night when I'm home. Like obviously if you're going out somewhere, but on an evening, on a day-by-day basis, I do not eat. The kitchen is closed for me and that works really well for people. Um, Doing that, often it helps to literally stay out of the kitchen. So going upstairs, going downstairs, going outside, not hanging out in the kitchen. Um, does one of those versus the others seem like it might be a better fit for you? Yes, I, I need a bright line. Um, I've learned about myself, um, that I'm not good at moderating. Mm. I, abstinence is typically a better strategy for me. Okay. Just, just to say dinner is the end I'm done. Um, because when I start dipping into the sugar, it really just ramps up my cravings for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have historically been more successful by just saying, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, that's a good decision to make then. So in setting up that bright line, I think it's important the vocabulary you use. And so instead of saying, I can't eat anymore, I can't eat at night, um, it feels very like you want to rebel against it. Like you, right. you watch you watch me eat at night, right? And so, And so instead saying to yourself, I'm choosing not to eat at night for right now. This is going to help me reach my goal. So for now, I'm choosing that after I'm done dinner, I'm not going to eat. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, The other thing that's important with that is making sure that your dinner is satisfying and that when you leave the dinner table, you feel like, okay, like I have, I have enjoyed my meal. I didn't eat bunny food, right? It's not that you're like, that you don't want to be depriving yourself heading into this long night of, oh my gosh, now I'm not eating. Um, So that's important. Um, The other thing that I would say is important is if you have typical evening activities that are tied with the eating, like if you and your family typically like watch a TV show and snack or whatever it is you do together and snack, one of the things that can make it easier to break the habit of the nighttime snacking is to change up your routine. So you have a different cue to start the evening. And so maybe this is a good time to take a family walk or play games in the backyard or whatever it might be, but kind of shake up whatever the routine was that was attached to food. So what do you guys typically do in the evening? We have been um, walking after dinner. Okay. Uh, I, I've discovered that, you know, the hour right up to sunset is just my absolute favorite time to walk because I love it too. It cools off here and it's beautiful. It's quiet. It's serene. So um, we have been making a pretty good habit of that within 30 to 45 minutes after dinner, taking about a 30 to 45 minute walk. And then we will typically come home and watch something on TV. Um, Although I have other areas of my life that I'd also like, you know, to shift towards some more reading. And so that might be a good time to make a change where instead of plopping down on the couch, which is actually right adjacent to our kitchen, because it's like a... (sighs) Uh-huh. Um, that I actually like go in the bedroom and get out my book and have a, a different, you know, pre-bed routine, which would probably also be better for my sleep. Absolutely. All right. Killing a lot of birds with one stone there. I love <laughs> it. I think that's a great plan. So, you know, 
enjoyable dinner, nice nighttime walk at the time you enjoy, and then reading in your room instead of TV right next to the kitchen. I think that sounds like a great plan. Do you feel good about that? I do. Amazing. All right, let's talk about protein for a minute then. Um, what are your what are your go-to protein sources? What do you like? I like eggs for breakfast. Um, that's pretty typical for me. Or um, I do have a protein shake powder that um, I will use to make a breakfast smoothie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really good about protein at dinner. You know, dinner usually centers around um, some kind of lean protein like pork or chicken or, um, you know, ground beef. Um, we have a pretty standard menu of meals, turkey, you know, uh, turkey slices that uh, I'll rotate through. So I, I don't feel like I struggle very much with um, breakfast or dinner. Lunch is kind of tricky for me. Um, I'll often make a big salad and, you know, so grilled chicken will go on that salad. Or um, I have been enjoying dairy-free cottage cheese quite a bit. So I'll often have that either on the side of my salad or, you know, that will kind of be my primary lunch with um, some fruit on top of it. So those are probably um, my go-tos. I have a history of irritable bowel syndrome and, um, Beans, while considered an excellent source of protein, you know, can be really problematic for me. So I avoided those quite a bit in especially the last two years. Um, so I really steer clear of legumes, lentils, um, those kinds of plant-based sources of protein. Gotcha. I don't, you know, I don't do a lot of dairy, of course. So like a, a yogurt is not an option I'll usually have. Um, I do use almond milk for my smoothies. Um, okay. I'm not sure if there's much protein in almond milk. I don't think there is. There's not. No. It's annoying, but there's I not. Know, but there's not. <laughs> I know, right? Um, okay. So it sounds, like, it sounds like you have a, got a lot that you like, so that's fantastic. And there's no reason, you know, beans and those things are great, you know, to supplement with um, or for a person who is vegetarian, but they're not my go-to protein sources. Some of the other ones you mentioned there are really fantastic. You know, the eggs and the chicken and the pork, um, that's all fantastic. So my number one suggestion for you, well, I, I have two big ones. Number one is take the total amount of protein you should be eating during a day and divide it by the number of meals you eat. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that's three. If you don't wanna use a snack to be protein filled, which some people do and some people don't, they like a protein bar or like some cottage cheese or whatever, but if you just wanna stick with the main meals. So if your protein goal is gonna be somewhere, I mean, it should be somewhere probably 130, 150 grams, 150 grams per day. I know your eyes are like, whoa, what? Yeah, it should probably be, it should probably be around there. A little bit, maybe 130, 150, maybe 120. Um, since you're so low right now, I would say minimum first goal, let's get you to 100, okay? Mm-hmm. And then from there, try and ramp it up. And so even to get to 100, we're talking 33, 34 grams per meal. So start with like 34 grams per meal. The easiest way, so divide that in your mind. So like know that yeah. at breakfast, at lunch, and at dinner, I need 34 grams of protein. Dinner sounds super easy just have a bigger serving. Like if it's your turkey, if it's your fish, if it's your chicken, just have more. Um, Those calories will obviously come from carbs and fats. Um, Put that there. Um, With your breakfast, um, are you doing straight up eggs? Are you doing any egg whites with it? 
I usually just do straight eggs. Okay. And about how many are you eating? Two. Two. Okay. So that's 12 grams of protein, um, which is a nice start. But obviously, you know, we're talking getting 30, you're going to need to do one of two things, either supplement it with another protein source. So, you know, you could have eggs and some kind of breakfast meat, you could have eggs and, um, you know, some cottage cheese on the side with some fruit or something. The other option is to mix egg whites in with your eggs, which is something I've done a lot um, because you can have, gosh, I, I actually just looked it up to see. Um, if you had even, if you had a cup of egg whites, it's 26 grams of protein. Um, if you have half a cup, that's what, like a little more than 12. It's like 13 grams of protein. That could really help. Um, do you, how do you cook your eggs? Do you scramble them or do you fry them? I scramble them. Okay. So mixing the egg whites in could really, and that's another thing. It really pumps up the volume of food. You get so much more food. Um, so that's a possibility. Um, and then lunch. Why? Tell me again, why is lunch tricky for you? You said you struggle with lunch. Yes. Just because getting, like if I'm having a salad, um, I guess maybe I don't put enough protein in that salad to really make a significant amount. Yeah. Also, while I've been at home, um, I've been eating breakfast rather late. Mm -hmm. So I will often not have breakfast till like 11 o'clock. And then we typically have dinner around six. And so a lot of times I have a very small lunch. Got it. And those two and breakfast and dinner tend to be my biggest mm -hmm. meal. So I, I'm just not as hungry in the middle of the day. And so I don't eat as much. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. So what can you see that you could do about getting enough protein and then taking into consideration that you might eat one smaller meal? I'm not sure. That's why I'm struggling with it. Okay. Um, the thing that immediately comes to my mind is prioritize protein at that meal. So whatever meal it is you do have, put a good chunk of protein in it. The other option is take some of the, the, the grams of protein you need from that meal and export them to the other two meals. So have even more protein at breakfast and more protein at dinner. Um, those are kind of the options, right? You're either going to spread it out evenly over the three or you're going to bump it up. Um, one of the things that really helps me get in a ton of protein is canned chicken. There's like 50 grams of protein in, I do two small cans. It's like, and it looks like a can of tuna, but they're cans of chicken. And if I eat two of them, it's, I want to say it's 160 calories and it's 50 grams of protein. Oh my goodness. I know. Right. I, I literally, look, I'll show you. No one else can see it, but I'm have my big salad bowl here. That's, that's what I had in there is my, was my canned chicken and my, my lightly, my uh, arugula and some tomatoes and things. And so it's a really easy, fast way to just like pump up protein, like, and it's delicious. So some people, I've had some people like, I don't know why you like that. It tastes like cat food. So you might not like it, but looking for protein sources you do like, you know, you could add a protein shake. That could be a good time to do that. I, I think definitely for somebody like you who's struggling, having that protein shake every day right now would be big. Um, either having it with breakfast, having it, um, after your lunch, um, those kinds of things. How do you feel about having one at least daily? I think I could definitely make that work. Okay. So what I would suggest with the protein then is really brainstorming um, each day. And I would do this not as you're going, but before, like the night before. Like, what am I eating tomorrow? 
breakfast, lunch, and dinner, number one is how will I get the protein in? And then you fill in the rest of the stuff from there. Yes. How do you feel about that? I, that is definitely something I can do. Okay. So I, I, when I'm really dialed in, that is how I approach my meal planning. Okay, great. Fantastic. And I think you, um, you hit on a really important point that, you know, a lot of the snacking and picking you do, we can help eliminate that by helping you feel more satisfied with your meals and protein is a great way to do that. So, all right. So it sounds like we've got some really good action steps for you here. You're going to get that protein under control, going to pre-log it, going to spread it out over those meals, starting with getting a hundred grams and then inching your way to 120, 130, somewhere around there. Um, Bright line for nighttime eating, replacing uh, the TV watching with some reading your book in your bed. That'll hopefully help with your sleep. All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything else I can help you with? I'm sure there is. <laughs> and I'll like think that's enough for today. <laughs> I'll think about it five minutes after we start here. <laughs> Well, that's definitely a lot of action steps to take anyway, Michelle. So we don't want to overwhelm you with things to do. You know, once a person has a lot of knowledge and you clearly know what works, right? You're not off in left field there somewhere thinking that, you know, some crazy thing that, that doesn't work is going to work. You know what works. What the trick is, is putting in place the small action steps and just working on them day after day after day. So we don't want to overwhelm you with too many action steps, right? Because we want you to really nail these couple here. I think that's good. I think these are definitely achievable for me. They're, they're definitely manageable goals um, that I can put into place. And I think they will start moving me in the right direction. Amazing. I know they will. 100% they will. Okay. So do me a favor, keep in touch and let me know what happens with all of this. Um, reach okay. out to me in DMs and we can, we can chat. I want to know how you're, how you're doing. I will definitely do that, Kim. Thanks so much. I really appreciate just the presence that you are. Um, and I love following you. I listen to your podcast. I've gained so much just from these six months. So thank oh, I you. I so appreciate that. Thank you. Makes me super duper happy. It really does. It makes me thrilled that, that it's helped. All right. I wish, you, I wish you a really, really special happy 50th birthday in the fall. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. If you have any great ideas of how I should celebrate, let me know. <laughs> I don't, but you're like, no. I... <laughs> my, my slogan for the, the year and the decade is 50 is nifty. 50 so. is nifty. Here we go. There's All right, no my dear. Fear. Come and join us at the party. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Okay. Okay, bye. -bye. bye. Thanks so much for being here and listening in to the Fitness Simplified podcast today. I hope you found it educational, motivational, inspirational, all the kinds of ational. <laughs> if you enjoyed it, if you found value in it, it would mean so much to me if you would go ahead and leave a rating and review on whatever platform you are listening to this on. It really does help to get this podcast to other people. Thanks so much.